Lecture topic: Navigating to Paradise. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa. Salatu wa salamu ala ibadhi al-nadin as-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'udu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahirrahman al-rahim. والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا وان الله لمع المحسنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من احب سنتي فقد احبني ومن احبني كان معي في الجنه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected on the mic ram brothers and elders on an occasion sayyidina abu huraira radhiyallahu ta'ala an he came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and having presented himself and he says to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that inni idha ra'aytuk tabat nafsi wa qarrat ayni ya rasulullah when i see you then my heart is overjoyed my eyes are delighted meaning merely being in your presence merely seeing you this is like everything for us on one occasion nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam came out of his house in a very very unusual time it was when the heat was at its peak in the middle of the day when normally he would not come out and then suddenly he sees abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu is also coming he came out at a very very odd time as well it was a time when in the peak of the heat nobody would normally venture outdoors because of the severity of the heat so nabi sallallahu asked him what brought you out so he said i have come to make salam to you i have come to see you and this is what i have come for then hazrat umar comes so he asked him what brought you here so he says what brought me was hunger the muhaddisin explained both said the same thing really both really said the same thing how can both have said the same thing one person is saying i have come to see you make salam to you the other person is saying the pangs of hunger have brought me out i was so overwhelmed with the pangs of hunger so i have come out how can these two things be the same so actually both were saying the same thing both were actually saying that the pangs of hunger were so severe that now what to do to try and relieve this so the best thing would be to be in the mubarak company of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and see his mubarak countenance and we'll forget all about our hunger also as abubakar radhiyallahu anhu mentioned the purpose of coming to be what was meant in terms of the process that to see your mubarak face to make salam to you we'll forget about even our hunger and hazrat umar brought forward what really became the catalyst to come out but he came out for the same purpose that merely seeing rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
would be a means of even forgetting that they were not just hungry, but the pangs of hunger were so severe that it brought them out of their homes. But that would become totally out of their minds, just merely seeing the Mubarak countenance of Rasulullah So this is exactly the same aspect that Abu Hurairah is mentioning on this occasion, that Ya Rasulullah, merely seeing your Mubarak face, merely being in your Mubarak presence, this fills the heart with such joy that everything else is totally forgotten. The heart is overwhelmed with joy. The eyes are delighted to see you. Obviously, what Allah Ta'ala had blessed Rasulullah with, externally, within himself, everything was at the very peak of excellence. So Jabi radiallahu anhu says, that I was, I came out on a moonlit night, and there I see Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam standing out there in the moonlit night. So I looked at the moon, and then I looked at Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and again I looked at the moon, and then again I looked at Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and for the third time I did the same. But then my heart testified that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had more beauty than the moon as well. So merely being in his Mubarak presence. Merely seeing Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a ni'mat beyond all ni'mat for the Sahaba ikram. But their love for him was not confined to his physical self. Their love for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was not confined to what they were delighted by in terms of his Mubarak presence. That was obviously a very great ni'mat for them. But their love extended from there to everything that was related to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All his Mubarak teachings, anything that he presented to the Ummah, all this was very, very dear to them. And nothing could come in the way of what Nabi Islam had presented to them. Sayyidina Osman Ghani radiallahu ta'ala his been sent by Rasulullah to negotiate with the Quraysh at the time of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. The Sahaba Ikram, Nabi Islam brought all the Sahaba and came to perform Umrah, but the Quraysh prevented them from entering. So Rasulullah sent Hazrat Usman to go and negotiate with them. So now he comes in the presence of all these, well, he's come to Makkah Mukarramah, and now he's going to be going to negotiate with the leaders of the Quraysh. So his cousin with whom he was now residing for that moment, he says to him that these people don't like the style. What style? The style of dressing where your garment is above your ankle. The style of the Quraysh is that their garments hang well below their ankles. Now you've come to negotiate. If you've come to negotiate, and if they look at you and feel odd about you, they may not like the way you are dressed, then so to say, perhaps it might affect the negotiations. <coughs> so now, this was a very different, very ajeeb situation. Usman has come, has come with this very great mission of negotiating. He's come as an emissary of Rasulullah And now this person is saying to him, look, this is not the style of the Quraysh. So without a second thought, he immediately responds, La 
You leave all that aside. What their styles are makes no difference to me. This is the style of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was the way that our Nabi this is how he keeps his garment above his ankles. That's how I would keep it. All your negotiations and all that can be aside. I will not compromise the style. Style obviously in inverted commas, not in the context of the dunya at this time in night. Style meaning the way of life. This is the style of Rasulullah But now this is that message and lesson to take from this. That we don't have that ni'mat and that great bounty of having seen the Mubarak countenance of Rasulullah having been in his Mubarak presence. But Allah Ta'ala has still blessed us with his ta'limat, with his teachings. Now the love that the Sahaba Ikram had for Nabi Islam in his person, that was the love they had for his teachings also. It wasn't just confined to his personality. They loved him very dearly. Likewise, they loved his teachings very dearly. And nothing could come between them and his Mubarak teachings. And whenever somebody suggested something else, it was totally rejected. There's no way we will accept this. Sahabi is eating in the court of the Romans and one morsel falls out of his hand. So he immediately goes to pick it up. So somebody next to him says to him, this is not the style of these people. A lot of things are but this. The style just sweeps people away. Style of dressing, style of hair, style of appearance, style of weddings, style of how to conduct one's day-to-day life, style. And when that style just goes, it sweeps entire communities. That style just goes like one tsunami. And those people who were supposed to be the pillars that will not get affected by any floodwaters. Unfortunately, they start floating on the floodwaters like the dirt also. The ummah of Rasulullah should have been like that pillar. Very, very firm. Very well grounded. No matter what flood of what style comes, from which direction it comes, they have their style, the style of Rasulullah Nothing is going to affect that. And they love that. They love it wherever they see it, on whoever they see it. For example, if we see somebody, and we see somebody dressed in a sunnah manner, so we should be very elated about it. Alhamdulillah, this person is dressed in the way of my Nabi Wasallam, In a way that resembles his dressing in some way. His appearance resembles the appearance of my Nabi Wasallam. We should be feeling that happiness in our heart. But the very very sad thing is, very very tragic situation is, how often somebody wants now some advice, how do I deal with this? I have decided to adopt or get closer to the sunnah. We can't even claim that we have anyone for that matter, that we have fully come onto the Mubarak Sunnah. But, mashallah, many make an effort to try and come closer. So I decided to start coming a little closer. So now many are not happy about this. Many people who are close, have near and dear ones, but they're not happy about it. They are feeling very, very uncomfortable. They are feeling that this is not the way to go. 
They are saying things that is meant to discourage me from continuing in this way. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. What are we being uncomfortable about? Uncomfortable about the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So this is not a minor thing. It's an extremely serious matter. To see anything that is related to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in terms of his way of life, his Mubarak teachings, that should be deep down. The love for it should be deep down in our hearts. Sometimes a person through his weakness may not be doing something in particular, but the love for it must be in the heart. So Abu Huraira, this is now he's expressing this, meaning he came and this was just bubbling in him. And he just, just expressed this feeling of his. Ya Rasulullah, when I just see you, this is the effect it has on me. My heart just starts overflowing with this happiness. My eyes are delighted. This is such a great bounty of Allah Ta'ala. Then he asks a question. The first question he asks is a very academic question. Tell me about the essence of everything. So Nabi Islam said, the essence of everything is water. Allah has created it from water. Every living thing we've created from water. That's its essence. Now this is a lengthy discussion, very academic discussion. Then the next question he asked. And we'll find these kind of questions filled in the ahadith. The question he asked was, "Akhbirni an amrin ida amil to bihi the khaltul janna." Ya Rabbi Allah, tell me something that if I practice on this, I'll enter jannah. This was their concern. You'll find so many ahadith where the question that somebody came and asked was of a similar nature. Ayyul a'mali ahabbu ilallah, which is the action that is most beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Why? Just for the sake of taking some notes down, for the sake of some knowledge only, in order to just increase my knowledge in terms of theory. No, I want to do that. I want to make amal on it. So I also become most beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Ayyul a'mali khair, which action is the best? Tell me about something that will take me closer to Jannah and distance me from Jannah. Different ahadith, you'll find the same theme. And this highlights to us what was the priority for the Sahaba Ikram. Everybody has something as a priority. Everybody. It might be something that we state as a priority, that this is my priority in life. It might be something we don't say it in so many ways, but our actions will show what is our priority. What is the priority in the heart? It will come out some way in the actions. Sometimes it will be some entertainment that will supersede the salah of that time. So what's the priority? It's a time for salah and the person now is just busy with some entertainment. La hawla wa la illa So now there's something drastically wrong in the heart. At the time of Salah, the person couldn't even at that time leave that spot of his or leave whatever it was. 
and come to the house of Allah Ta'ala, perform his salah. Oh, if a person is somewhere, there's a masjid close by, but now he's away from home, so it doesn't matter now. Masjid is around the corner, but now I'm on a break now. So the priority is not the house of Allah Ta'ala, the priority is not salah with jama'ah, the priority is not what was the priority for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that he was so deeply passionate about salah, that Rasulullah Sallallahu being rahmatul lil alameen. But when salah was affected, somebody became a barrier between him and salah, then on the tongue of rahmatul lil alameen, baddua came. On the time of the battle of the trench, on one occasion that because of the trench, the mushrikeen couldn't cross over, but they were trying from time to time to now, some of them would enter into the trench and would try to now come with their horses out, and the sahaba would have to be constantly now shooting arrows at them, and they would be shooting arrows on the opposite side as well. And sometimes this became so intense, on one occasion it started off before the time of Asar even entered, and continued until the sun set. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu at that moment he comes and he says to Rasulullah sallallahu that these mushrikeen have become such a burden, they occupied us to such an extent that I couldn't perform my Asar Salah to the extent that the sun already set also. Nabi Islam said, Mala Allahu buyutahum wa quburahum nara. That may Allah fill their homes and their graves with fire. That they restricted us and, and prevented us from our Asar Salah. I also haven't yet made it. Allah Ta'ala made this one situation happen when Nabi Islam's Asar Salah became Qaza. So that the Ummah will learn that by chance, if this ever happens, then what's the procedure? That Salah will never be just led by, out of some situation beyond a person's control, that Salah got missed, then to the Qaza is to be made, how the Qaza should be made, the Sahaba then gathered, and with Jama'ah, that Qaza was first made of the Asar, then the Maghrib Salah was performed, all this had to be taught to the Ummah, Allah Ta'ala made this one situation happen. But Nabi Sallallahu was so affected by this, that this Baddu'a came on the tongue of Rahmatullil Alameen, Normally people would hurt his physical self and he'll give them dua. They persecuted him and he forgave them. And they did what not and he forgave them. But when they came in the midst of sal- prevented his salah on the tongue of Rahmatullil Alameen, this baddua came. Mala Allahu buyutahum wa quburahum nara ad habasuna an salatil wusta salatil asr o kama qal nabi sallallahu alayhi wa So the priority what was the priority? So now we need to also, this is the priority of the Sahaba Ikram. All the time, what is going to become a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala? What is going to take us to Jannah? So this is the question he asked. That tell me something, that I will latch onto this, I will then practice upon it, and this will take me to Jannah. Why they want to go to Jannah? Because Jannah is the place where Allah's pleasure is manifested at its peak. Jannat is the place that the Jannati will see Allah Ta'ala. Even their desire for Jannat, the greatest part of that need for Jannat was to have the greatest ni'mat to see Allah Ta'ala. It wasn't what 
the average person will want the Jannah, subhanallah, a place of happiness and peace and pleasure. Definitely, Allah Ta'ala made it that. Allah Ta'ala made it a place of non-stop happiness and joy and pleasure. But for them, that aspiration of Jannah also was for the greatest na'mat in Jannah. So in any case, when he asked this question, Rasulullah gave him a very simple prescription. Very simple. Sometimes we wonder, well, I make it also. But there's so many things, well, I make it. We all can make it, Allah has made it so easy. But it requires a little bit of action, a little bit of effort. Nabi Salaam said to him some very simple things. Now these things sometimes appear so simple that we wonder how can this be linked to what is being said. Nabi Salaam is giving the prescription to get to Jannah. These things, just practice on this and take us to Jannah. Many might have seen him also passed away some 15 odd years ago, maybe a little bit more. And very, very great personality, Khalifa Hazrat Mahashafali Thanvi Rahmatullah and a person who was extremely conscious of Sunnah, very, very adherent to the Sunnah of Rasulullah And any deviation from the sunnah would be very, very upsetting for him. So now people who live their lives in this way, Allah Ta'ala opens out some things to them. Allah Ta'ala inspires their hearts. And they then say some things which, then it's up to us to now just take it and practice on it and see the benefit of it. So he used to prescribe three things. Now this is also in the light of the hadith that we are still going to discuss. That sometimes things seem very, very simple, very, very sort of in our eyes, Allah forbid, na'uzubillah, not even very significant. Small things which we regarded as such. But what Allah has kept in it, what effect is in it, we have no idea. It's for us to just take it. Take the words of Rasulullah to heart. And practice on it. So in any case, Hazrat Mu'abrahul Haqsa, Rahmatullah, we are talking about, you see these three things, bring it deep down in one's life, practice on it, and see the benefits. Then you see something very ajeeb. See, there were people, many people, who were sometimes lacking in some very important aspects. For example, somebody was lacking in Salah with Jama'ah. Alhamdulillah, with the barakat of very, very strongly adhering to these three simple prescriptions, that came alive in his life. Now, outwardly these things don't seem linked up anywhere. But he's talking about first-hand experience with people. That somebody just couldn't get it right, he's trying so many things, he started practicing on those advices that came in place. So somebody's gaze was just not in control. But with the intention of fulfilling the sunnah, that this is the way of Rasulullah He started practicing on it very, very strongly. Tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, that which he thought he can't ever get into grips with, can't get under control, Allah Ta'ala made that easy for him. And like there's so many other things. What three things you super advise? We might wonder again, where is this linked to what we're talking about? But... There's an Arabic saying, Man jarrabal mujarrab halla bihin nadama. The one who wants to try it, uh, something that is tried and tested and proven, he wants to still put it through some test. 
he's only going to face some regret at the end of the day. In another way of saying it is, somebody tries to reinvent the wheel. And I say, no, he's going to reinvent the wheel. So now what kind of wheel he's going to bring about? There is no other way to build that wheel but the way it is. So now it's, it's just wasting one's time and effort and energy and resources in trying to reinvent the wheel. Just use it. It's there already. So likewise, this is not something to now get into the nitty-gritties of it. When somebody is explaining, somebody of that caliber, explaining his experience, first-hand experience with people's issues. The first thing is salam. Make salam common. This is directly from the hadith that we will discuss again just now. Number one, salam. Number two, now, one is, we just say salam. But the salam in the manner that salam is to be made. What's the manner? Our mind immediately, manner goes, maybe, okay, the pronunciation, that too is an issue. Sometimes we don't pronounce the salam correctly, or we don't pronounce the salam completely. What's salam? So talking to someone, he says salam. But that's not the masnoon salam. The masnoon salam is assalamu alaikum. And if a person decides it more, says more, wa rahmatullah, wa barakatuh, there's additional rewards. But assalamu alaikum with the hamza in the beginning. But that's not the manner in terms of where it starts. That is a necessary part of it. It starts off with what mindset and heart that salam is made with. Well, just as a customary thing, others greet in their way, so we greet. No, with the consciousness that this is a very great teaching of deen. This is something Allah Ta'ala has commanded in the Quran Sharif. إِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ Allah's command. This is something Rasulullah has emphasized. This is something Nabi has given the various virtues of. So, salam. Not just, well, go to make it now. We met somebody now, so make salam. With this, with this in mind. And then what is this salam all about? On the one side it is a dua. Assalamu alaikum. The peace of Allah be upon you. And then it is a declaration that you are free from any harm from me. You will not be harmed by me in any way. Your life, your honor, your dignity, your property. I will not harm you in any way. You have complete safety from me in terms of any harm coming to you. I'm not going to backbite about you. I'm not going to be trying to humiliate you in any way. I'm not going to be trying to hurt you in some way. I'll be considerate about your feelings, about your things. That's salam. But when it's just done just as a routine, just as a customary thing, without realizing what, what this is all about, obviously the full benefit is then not realized. So number one is to say salam. Number two, whenever ascending some place, to say Allahu Akbar. And when descending to say subhanallah. Now this too is deduced from Hadith Sharif. The Sahaba Ikram, they mentioned when we would be with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on a journey. And kunna iza sa'idna kabbarna. When we would ascend some hill or some higher place, then we would recite the takbir. That I am going high, but what high am I? Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. What is my high? If somebody climbed the highest mountain also, what does that make him high? Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Allahu Akbar. And I am descending. I am descending. I am getting lower. 
But Allah is free of every blemish. Allah is free from any deficiency. There's no deficiency comes in Allah Ta'ala. We are the ones full of blemishes and faults and deficiencies. So now this is the second lesson that you used to give. That now we, how often everywhere, every day, daily, repeatedly, we are ascending somewhere, we are descending somewhere, taking a few steps up somewhere, a few steps down somewhere. Now this is a sunnah. And this is zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And this is an emulation of this amal of the Sahaba Ikram. So now, what effect will be in this? We cannot fathom that with our understanding and logic. These are things to submit to. Not to try and go and find out now uh, by trying to see it with our eyes. We will never see it with our eyes. This is we have to see it with our hearts. With the heart of Iman and Yaqeen. The heart of Yaqeen, that must see it. So this was the second lesson he would give. And the third lesson, that whenever a person is stepping into a space that is better than where he is. So now the simple example is, for example, the masjid. Now a person is stepping into the masjid, we all know the sunnah to step in with the right foot. But how often that too is not practiced on. That a person is stepping into the masjid just without any thought, without any care, without any consciousness, whichever, sometimes it by chance it will be the right foot, and sometimes it will be the left foot. And when leaving the masjid also, no consciousness, just walking without any consciousness, sometimes by chance it will be leaving with the left foot, which is the right way to leave, but by chance, without any consciousness, this is the, an occasion of fulfilling this great sunnah of Rasulullah that to leave with the left foot, leave with the masnoon dua, and sometimes it will just happen that without realizing it, just walking carelessly, so leaving with the right foot, leaving with, in the wrong way, so uh, leaving with the left foot out of the masjid, sometimes right foot, just confusing everything. So now this is the etiquette of the masjid. Likewise, I'll say every place, now for example, a person is outside entering his home. So indoors is a better place than outdoors. Indoors of his own home, is a better place than outdoors. Outdoors, there's a lot of fitna. Indoors is safer. Therefore, Nabi Islam said, don't venture outdoors without need. So now when he's entering his home, enter with the right foot. And leaving, leave with the left foot. And like this, there are many, many occasions where we are entering in a space that is better than where we currently are standing. So now to consciously make amal on this. Now, what effort does this take? person is walking, he's not going to stop to do something else. It's that same stride that he's taking. But which foot he puts first is only the question. The person is climbing, somewhere he is climbing. But he just engaged his tongue at that time and saying, Allahu Akbar. person is walking down, he is walking. He hasn't stopped to do anything. But he engaged his tongue in saying, Subhanallah. And Salaam, what, how much did it cost him to make Salaam? But Nabi Sallallahu Sunnah this is. So now these should be the three advices he would give. And his experience. He says people who did this very, very diligently. Now we look for the result after three days maximum. After three days, if it doesn't come, it seems like, no, no, this is not working for me. Whereas generally, this is on a general note, that when things are done diligently for 40 days, there's a very special effect in this 40 day period of time. In the Quran Sharif also, 
Allah Ta'ala mentions about Musa that Musa went to the mount, Allah Ta'ala had brought him to the mount, he came to Allah Ta'ala, he came for 30 days, Allah Ta'ala increased it for another 10 days, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala completed this to 40 days, a period of time of 40 days. In the Hadith Sharif it comes, that the, the fetus in the womb, it goes through different stages in periods of 40 days. First 40 day period something happens, in the second 40 day period something happens, the third 40 day period something happens, and at the end of the third 40 day period, which now brings it to four months in the womb of that mother, that is the time when the ruh is blown into the child. Mentioning the hadith. So there is a specific effect Allah has placed in this. Now we are looking for the result after three days. What is the quality of what we do to start off with? We need to continue, we need to be steadfast on it, we need to be diligent and do it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So any case coming to the Hadith Sharif, Abu Huraira asked Rasulullah Sallallahu tell me about something which if I practice on, I'll go to Jannat. So again, very very simple amal, and Rasulullah Sallallahu is giving this to Abu Huraira Radiallahu Ta'ala. Abu Huraira Radiallahu Ta'ala is the same Sahabi, O Nabi Islam said to him, Ittaqil maharim takun a'abad nas That refrain from haram, you'll be the greatest abid. So he didn't need to be told that just do these four things, then do what you want. Even do any sin also. This was, there was no place in the imagination of the Sahaba Ikram for these kind of thoughts. That what I'm told to do now, as long as I do this, doesn't matter what sin can be committed to. That was never, there was no space in their hearts and minds for such thoughts. They knew full well that you want to build a house, you have to have the foundation in place. But we think sometimes in those lines. That, Subhanallah, what a wonderful thing. This roof, this roof has the, such great benefits in it. I'm going to make the roof stand on the air. No foundation, no walls. There's so much, this roof comes with its own inbuilt air conditioning and heating and so many things. That roof has been a very, very specially designed roof, something totally new on the market. I don't even need the house anymore. I'm just going to put the roof in place. So, subhanAllah, that's our thinking. That no pillars, no walls, just the roof will stand in this place. So, the Sahaba didn't think in that way at all. They knew that foundation has to be there, the farais, the wajibat. The sunan have to be in place. The haram has to be refrained from. But this is such a simple method then to get so close to Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Islam says to him, then simple amal, afshis salam, wa at'imit ta'am, wa silil arham, wa kumbil layl, wa nasu niyam, thumma dhulil jannata bi salam. That you start from here, and then enter jannat. Afshis salam, Spread salam. Spread salam. Not just to people we know. I know this person, that this is my friend, this is my relative, this is a musalli that I'm familiar with in the masjid. This person I don't know, so I don't make salam to him. But he's my fellow Muslim. He's in the masjid with me also. So salam, to make salam common, spread salam. We've discussed this is such a great amal. This cleans the heart. There are some atom bombs, 
very very dangerous cancers of the heart the cancer of pride Nabi Islam says you want to clean this pride out you always be the first to make salam Al-Badi Ubi Salam initiate salam to somebody elder than you somebody younger than you somebody you know somebody you don't know somebody you feel very comfortable with somebody you're not in very very good books with there is some little bit of an issue sometimes but make salam and then see especially on those occasions when there is some issue with somebody and you happen to just pass now and you initiated, initiated the salam then see the impact of that on the heart so in any case time is very limited the first thing Nabi Sallallahu mentioned was afshi salam wa at'imit ta'am feed feed no qualification of how much and who whoever whether it is as, by means of in a manner of sadaqa whether it is in a manner of entertaining some guests, whether it is in a manner of just giving somebody some food, whatever way it might be, but Nabi Islam says feed. Such a great amal. And especially in the times that we are going through, with the prices of things going to where it is, many a person is in a desperate situation. Now some, such a simple amal, no qualification of what and where, just we save the wastage. That's all. That's much also if we do. We should try to do far more than that. We should be trying to do far more than that. But if we just save the wastage, save the wastage in weddings and whatnot, kind of wastage that takes place, and just to follow some style or some brand and whatever else goes along with all this, how much of thousands and thousands, millions are spent in all this, if just that was saved and we took the benefit of this great reward of feeding, at-imit ta'am, so much in this, but among the things to always just bear in mind, that this is not just something that finishes off with feeding somebody, and we fed the person, okay we got the reward, that was the end of it, that food that that person consumed, that becomes nourishment, and that then gets converted into energy in that person's body. And now as long as that is part of the system somewhere and has not been now used up, and they say it takes a while before that happens, that that energy that came out of that specific food is finally now out of the system, until that time all the ibadat, whatever the person will do, the one who fed him will take a share in it. So in any case, at-imit ta'am, then Nabi Islam says, was siril arham, join family relationships. Join family relationships. Unfortunately, these things, with the passage of time, are taken to be just secondary things, are sometimes given no importance, are sometimes not concerned, that, okay, if it's there, it's there, if it's not there, it doesn't matter. There are various levels of this, there's so much of detail to it, Allah gives tawfiq, on some other occasion, we'll discuss it more. But one is a level where a person becomes qati'ur rahim. Where he is now guilty of breaking family ties. That is a very severe matter. Where a person becomes guilty of breaking family relationships, then he becomes deprived of the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Forget he himself, the community becomes deprived. So much of detail in this regard. Then there is another level which though the person did not become guilty of breaking relationships, but there was such Things that he could have done, he didn't do. So neither is he counted among somebody who joins family ties. 
meaning in terms of the reward that he received. So he's not in the red, but he didn't earn anything either. He didn't gain the very great rewards of it. So joining family ties means now something beyond that. And this in the Hadith, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ Fear Allah Ta'ala, in whose name you ask what another of your needs. And fear Allah Ta'ala, in regards to relationships. And the Mufassirin explained, Arham min jihatin nasab or min jihatin nisa. That relationships from the direction of lineage that you maintain and from the direction of marriage. Allah Ta'ala says, Arham. The meaning of Arham, the Mufassirin explained, min jihatin nasab from the direction of lineage. One's parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts. And from the direction of marriage, one's in-laws and that whole line. This is all part of Silatul Rahim. Now these things are given very, very little attention sometimes. It's taken for granted, one of those things. But as there's so many ahadis, Allah Ta'ala, if Tawfiq, inshallah, this will be discussed. But this was the third thing Nabi Islam said was Silil Arham. And the fourth thing that performs Salah at night when people are asleep you'll enter Jannah very, very easily and safely. When people are asleep, perform two rakats, four rakats, Salatul Layl, Qiyamul Layl, Salatul Tahajjud. And if that is something that's not within a person's uh, ability immediately, the starting point is at night before going to bed, or after the Isha Salah also, after the Sunnahs, two rakats more nafil with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl. And this too, he'll get the basic reward and benefit of Salatul Tahajjud. The real benefit is in the last part of the night. And the full reward is in that time. But he'll still get the basic benefit. Alaykum bi qiyamil layl wa innahu za'bu salihina qablakum. That this is something Nabi Islam very strongly advised. Hold on to it. This was the way of all the pious people before you. This is a means of the sins being forgiven. This is a means of a protection from getting involved in evil. This will become a protection from the attacks of shaitan. And in one hadith it's also mentioned, one further addition, it is a means of, of cure from ailments. This tahajjud is a means of cure from ailments. Subhanallah, such great bounties and benefits in all this. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Very, very simple teachings Rasulullah has given us. But the effect of this, sometimes that capsule, that little tablet, it's so small, a person now finds it difficult to even grip it between two fingers. It's so tiny. But they don't ever take two, it will be an overdose. This is so potent and so effective. But such a tiny thing. If insan can make such a tiny tablet, which has so much effect in it, what Rasulullah has presented, what can we imagine? What is the effect in those talimat? What is the effect in those amal, in that sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam? It is for us to now make amal upon it and to take the benefit for ourselves, bring that noor and rahmat in our homes and enjoy the benefit in dunya and in akhirat as well. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil
make us the obedient and loyal servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us the true ummatis of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, make us, Ya Allah, follow his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us love his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the ways of the Mushrikeen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the ways of your enemies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you give us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, ya Allah, with khushu and khudu, ya Allah, such a salah with which you are pleased with, ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr all the time, ya Allah. Let us be forever in your remembrance, ya Allah. Allah, enable us to do all that which you are pleased with, ya Allah. Save us from all the sins and vices, ya Allah. Cleanse our hearts out of all the evils, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhammad, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhammad, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the Muhammad of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And fill our hearts with the love of deen, ya Allah. With the love of the amal of deen, ya Allah. With the love of the khidmat of deen, ya Allah. And accept us in our progeny to qiyamat for the khidmat of deen, ya Allah. With the khlaas and afiyat and qabooliyat, ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, ya Allah. And you grant every khair and barakat to one and all, ya Allah. And you save us from everything that is displeasing to you, ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, all those are sick of them, shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. And I remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, whatever difficulty, hardship anybody is in, Ya Allah, what your, out of your grace and mercy, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib risk filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from ever stretching our hands out to anyone but you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those in any financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in debt, Ya Allah, make the debts get paid out with ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's joyous needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us all that we have asked for, Ya Allah. What we did not ask and should have been asking for, Ya Allah. Give us that as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله